going to church and listening to the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. We're going to do the same thing here, obviously, today at Christian Warriors Church, uh, because how in the world can you get tired of the greatest story ever told, right? You know, that's the thing. I always, I'm not going to lie to y'all. As a pastor, I always look at this, and I'm like, all right, you know, it's the same sermon on Sundays for Christmas. It's the same sermon for Easter, and I'm always like, I got to find something different. I got to find something cool to talk about, you know, something that nobody's ever preached before. Yeah, that's impossible. There have been a lot of Christmases and a lot of Easter's and a lot of pastors, right? So anyway, we're going to stick to the story of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we're going to stick to. Now, we are going to go at it a little bit different angle, but we'll get there. But like I said, I mean, you can't get tired of that story, and it's kind of like Christmas itself, guys. I mean, no one gets tired of Christmas. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how do you get tired of getting presents? Like, seriously, nobody gets tired of getting presents. Nobody gets tired of Christmas candy. Nobody gets tired of cool lights or ugly sweaters. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody gets tired of, uh, of, of eggnog. Who gets tired of eggnog? Like, seriously, what's wrong with y'all? And nobody ever gets tired of being around their family the whole dadgum holiday. <laughs> Moving on. Again, today, we're going we're gonna to discuss this topic, but I want to go at it a little bit different angle. There are a few topics that I want to discuss today. Uh, I'm going to start with the biblical accuracy of our Savior's birth. Uh, you, you know, guys, it's sad. A lot of people don't believe everything that, that's written in this book. There, there, there's some people out there, believe it or not, there's some people who don't believe everything in this book. Believe it or not, even some Christians don't believe everything that's in this book. But the thing is, is there's so much factual evidence of Jesus' birth right in that book. The, the problem is so many people that, that can't see this factual evidence, I mean, honestly, they're just not doing their homework. They're just not opening up that book. It's that simple. Um, I can remember when I was a sophomore in high school, uh, I got into this math class and it's the only subject that I'm good at. I was actually really, really good at math. I can't spell mathematics, but I'm really good at math. So anyway, I get in this class, and it's the first day, and the teacher announces that, and I knew this stuff, man, I had it down. Like what we were studying, I mean, I had it down. In fact, I was pretty much a great ahead of everybody in this class. I'm not bragging. It's the only thing I'm good at. I suck at everything else, okay, when it comes to, when it comes to school. So, so, so she announced we were going to have a test the next time in class. And she gave one study sheet for the test. Well, when she passed it out, as I walked out the door, I threw it in the trash. Like, I don't need that dang study sheet. I got this down. I got this. Came back two days later to take the test. I mean, I struggled. When I got done, I asked everybody in the room, like, man, you know, that was a hard test. They said, Micah, the test was exactly what was on that study sheet. And I failed. So many Christians are doing that today. So many Christians think they know the Word of God, but they're not opening it up and they're not studying it. He's literally given that to us. And today we're going to be able to talk about so much evidence of the birth of Jesus to where you can have confidence in teaching that to others. That's what we want to do. Anyone who questions the events of Jesus' birth, in essence, is questioning the existence of Jesus Christ himself. Uh, but again, if they would just simply do their homework, read the Bible, they could see these things. That in the short life of Jesus Christ, he fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies. 
the mathematical odds of this happening are one out of 10 to the 17th power. That, that, that's, that's a one with 17 zeros behind it. Thank you, Nick. That's it. That, that's, this is the odds of somebody fulfilling all of the prophecies that Jesus Christ fulfilled. But there's still people out there that don't believe in him. That's pretty cool, right? And that's a lot of zeros. Like, I had to show y'all because there's no way I was going to figure that up. What's so funny? That's not funny. These are just the prophecies, by the way, I need you to understand that Jesus fulfilled that were on record. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that he probably accomplished. In fact, we do know in the New Testament that he did so many miracles that you couldn't write them down and, and it would fill a library is the words that, that were used in the Bible. I have, a, I have no doubt that he also fulfilled some other prophecies probably as well. If you take these odds to Vegas, guys, uh, I have no doubt that all of the bookies, well, let me rephrase that, not one bookie would bet against Jesus Christ being born or being the Son of God. Not one. Many of these 300 Old Testament prophecies took place at Jesus' birth. Uh, in the book of Genesis, it was uh, prophesied that the Messiah would come from the tribe of Juba. Uh, when Jacob was blessing his 12 sons in Genesis chapter 49, the blessing was also a prophecy about the Messiah. I want to look at Genesis 49 verse 10. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. Okay, so this is Jacob, and he is already prophesying that there is someone to come that all nations will honor. I want y'all to check this out. This is a picture of, of one of my older Bibles uh, in Matthew chapter 1. This is the lineage of Jesus. This is, it, it shows you all this, but up here at the top, I've magnified Judah. And you go all the way down this thing. This is family, 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 family. And then there's Jesus. That is factual evidence that Jacob already talked about this, it, it passed on, Judah's going to take this on from the tribe of Judah, and it goes all the way down to the lineage of Jesus Christ, which by the way, and, and most of y'all, if you've never read this by the way, open your book to Matthew chapter 1 and start reading, you need to know the, the background, the family descendant, you need to know this about Jesus Christ, because there's a lot of cool people in here, King David's in there, uh, even, even a prostitute is in there, okay? Read it. Study it. 750 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Micah prophesied that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. Let's look at Micah chapter 5, verses 2. But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. Okay, so this is obviously Micah that is speaking God's words, okay? So he is proclaiming, he's saying that he will be born in Bethlehem. Now let's go look at Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. So here we go, going to Bethlehem, right? We all know. 
Jesus was born in Bethlehem, right? Micah predicted it. Micah, Micah prophesied that. I know this seems elementary to you guys, but just stand with me on this. This is what's really cool about that part of the story. Does anybody in here know what the word Bethlehem actually means? The house of bread. Now I want to go look and see what Jesus said about that in John 6, 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. It's not a coincidence, guys. I need you to understand something about your life right now. There's no such thing as coincidences. It's just the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. It's not a coincidence that in our Bible it talks about Bethlehem. And it's not a coincidence that the actual word Bethlehem means the house of bread. It's not a coincidence that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. This is all lining up. Do you understand? Okay. 50 to 100 years later, the prophet Isaiah prophesied again about Jesus, but he prophesied about a virgin giving birth to the Savior. Isaiah 7, 13 through 14. Then Isaiah said, Listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Does that verse sound familiar to y'all? We just read it, right? Let's go back to what I read, Matthew 1, 22 and 23. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's some factual evidence, guys. I want to move on to the next topic which is what is the actual purpose, the true purpose of Jesus' birth? A lot of people have it all wrong. When you ask why did God send Jesus to this earth, most Christians will say to die for our sins. This is the truth, but it's only half the truth. There's more to it. The rest of the truth is this, guys. God sent his son to this earth so Jesus could save us from God's own wrath from his wrath some of y'all thinking but you know that's 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 old law yeah you're, you're absolutely right it is it's old law and you need to catch this the father sent the son to save us from himself it's what God did sent his son to save us from his wrath Let's go look at John 3.36. We have biblical evidence to back this up. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. In other words, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, the wrath of God is on you. In other words, if you're living by old law and not grace law, the wrath of God is on you. I don't know about you guys, but I sure as heck don't want to be under the wrath of God. God sends a child to this earth to stop us from his wrath. Now, I want you to think about that. 
I'm going to go way off script here. God's wrath, when you think of that, it's huge, right? It's huge. I mean, God could snap his fingers and the earth could explode, right? He sends a baby, a baby, to stop us or to stop his wrath for us. A baby, something that small. Guys, when I think about that, it just makes me think that, yeah, our God is he's huge, right? He is the God of gods. He is the God, the one and only God. He's bigger than anything you could ever imagine. But he likes to use small things to move mountains. And sometimes it's not a baby. Sometimes it's you. We're small things compared to God. He uses us just as he used Jesus. I want you to think about that. God sent Jesus down here to this earth to, again, save us from the wrath, forgive us for our sins, die on the cross for us. He did that for us. Well, we do the same thing. God comes to us. He asks us to do something. We go through with it. We have the courage. We go through with it, and we build the kingdom that way. Jesus was building the kingdom. We're building the kingdom. Now, thank God we don't have to die on a cross. Thank God we don't have to do that. But I need you to catch that we are used, just like God used Jesus 2,000 years ago. There's, there's, there's no difference in, in how God used him and worked through him. He can work through you the exact same way again because he left the Holy Spirit with us. Before Jesus, you had to jump through hoops to get God's forgiveness. That was, again, the old law. You know, when Moses messed up, you know, if, if, if Moses, you know, he got mad and broke the tablets and everything. Now, this is not written biblically, but this is just what I'm imagining because it was the old law. He sinned. Therefore, you know, Moses had to go grab a goat or, 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 or a dove, you know, or a calf. And cut him all up, it's nasty, you know, and, and, and drain all the blood and do all this stuff and then take it to the temple and, and then the high priest takes it and he takes everything. He goes behind the curtain at the temple, okay? So, so he had to do all that. So then after, after Moses, then you got Joshua, okay? So, so then Joshua, you know, he sins. He's got to do the same thing. Got to go get a dove, got to go get a calf, got to go get a goat, got to cut them up, got to take them to the temple, got to go behind the curtain. Well, he doesn't go behind the curtain. The high priest goes behind the curtain because he ain't holy enough to go behind the curtain, but he's got to do all this so the high priest can go behind the curtain. And then after Joshua, then you get into King David. King David does the same thing. He goes, he sins, he does all these bad things. He's messing with Bathsheba, he's doing stupid stuff like that. Then he's got to go to the temple. He's got to go get a goat. He's got to go get a dove. He's got to do Y'all follow me? We don't have to do that anymore. Because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to go outside and, and kill our pet and take him to the temple. And I'm going to tell you, I'm glad because if I was a high priest at one of these places, you bring me something nasty like that, I don't want nothing to do with it. Like, seriously? Well, you bring me some deer jerky. That's a little different, a little different. That's what all of this happened. I mean, all of this, Jesus took care of the old law for us. I want to look at Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. That's what Jesus Christ did. That's what we don't have to do because he did it for us. God works through us. He uses us just like he did Jesus. But thank God he did this so we didn't have to do it. It's a beautiful thing. 
God always wanted to have a real relationship with mankind. He wanted us to feel and see his true love for us. He wanted us to truly know him. The problem was we didn't know the true him because he was not flesh and bone. I want you to think about it. It's hard to have a close relationship with someone if, if you don't truly know who they are, right? It's kind of like a blind date. Who in here has been on a blind date? Show hands. I went on one. One. And, and this was back in the day before Facebook and Instagram. You know, you couldn't go creep on people, you know. You had AOL. With no pictures on AOL. This girl gave me a description of what she looked like. She lied. <laughs> I hope she's not watching right now. <laughs> so God sent his only son to this earth. Hush. In the flesh. To show all of mankind who he is. Jesus showed us the perfect example of his father. And now that we know him. He wants us to put him at the center of our lives. Okay. Some of y'all are like, why is this nativity scene up here? I'm fixing to break this down for you guys. All right. Anytime you look at a nativity scene, Jesus is always in the center. Am I right? If Jesus ain't in the center, it looks weird. Like there's something wrong, right? Like, like if I put Jesus over here, that's weird, right? <laughs> like why are you going to put him all the way over here? It's Jesus. And he's been centered, right? So, so this, this is where he belongs. is in the center. Okay. Our lives are no different, guys. If a lot of you were honest in here, y'all would tell me the truth and say that maybe he is over here. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe this is in the center. Maybe, maybe money is in the center of your life. You know, Jesus, you know, right now, man, I can't, I can't give to the church. I, you know, I'm, I'm broke. Can't give to the church right now. Can't do that. God, I know you want me to help this individual. I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel you telling me that I need to help this individual over here, but I, I don't have money for that right now. Or, you know what? God, I got vacation coming up, man. I got to save that money for vacation. I can't be giving that to the church right now. I can't follow the Holy Spirit when he's telling me to give money when I got to go do all these other things. I got kids going to college. I got cars. Sound like any of y'all? Some, some of you men, God, I can't go to church today. It's hunting season. It's opening day. I ain't got time. God, you know what, God? I, I, you know what, God? I'll tell you what I'm going to do, God. I ain't going to go to church today, but when I get in that deer stand, I'm going to be praying, and I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching Micah online. That's what I'm going to do. And then you get up there, and there's a 12-point buck, and you, and you get all excited. You don't forgot to pray. You ain't, you ain't going to watch the sermon because you're going to kill that 12-point buck. I love y'all, though. Like, I know I just made a bunch of men mad. Like, y'all don't hurt me, okay? Like, afterwards. Some of you women. Some of you women. Uh -oh. 
God, I can't go to I can't go to church on Wednesday night because you know that's my big shopping night, man. Something's on sale at Kohl's, you know what I'm saying? Like I gotta get there. I gotta buy some clothes, gotta get my shoes. I was talking to a man yesterday, came in the jewelry store. It's so funny. Dude walks in the door, he looks at a piece of jewelry, it's two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars, a lot of money. I don't know about y'all, that's a lot of money to me. I'm 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 you know, I'm putting on my show trying to sell this thing to him. And uh, anyway, he looks at me and he says, Man, I can't buy that right now. I just bought her two pair of shoes. I said, For two thousand dollars? <laughs> he said, Yeah. I said, You know, diamonds last forever. Them shoes are gonna be gone in two years. Like they ain't gonna last. Anyway, so so some of you ladies. This one's this one's all of us right here. God, I'm tired. I'm tired. God, I worked all week. I, I know you sent your son down here to die on the cross and go through all this pain, and, but I'm tired. Really? God, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I, I don't want to put Jesus right here because that's uncomfortable. I like my comfort space. That's what I like. My comfort zone. Some of y'all have your extracurricular activities that take over and is the center of your life. Golf, music, even work. I didn't put work up here, even work. You pay more attention to those things than you do opening your Bible. Man, listen, God, I really want this car. I don't care that you're telling me that I need to buy my kid a car first. I want that car. I don't care that you're telling me I need to help out in some other areas and, 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 and give in these certain areas, but God, you know, I need a car, man. I, I need my car. God, I ain't got time to go to church. I got to work on my car today that I'm trying to sell. Materialistic things. How about them boys? So y'all thought I was just beating up on y'all. God, you know what? Cowboys come on at noon. Micah taking too long. God, I, I, you know, I, I really want to watch them boys today. They rolling. They looking good. Micah Parsons is a beast. I want to watch him. They're getting good. I'm going to spend all day Sunday watching football. I ain't got time to go to church. God, you'll forget. It's all right. You know, I'll be there next week, you know. You know, I'll be there next week when Dallas plays Philly because they're going to beat Philly. Like, that's not that big a deal. Guys, here's what I need you to understand. There's nothing wrong with all of these things. Nothing at all. There's, none of these things will harm you in any way as long as he's in the center. Amen? So my question to you today, is this stuff spread out like it's supposed to be? Or is it all in the center of you? Have these things taken over your life? Or is Jesus Christ leading your life?
The whole reason for Christmas is for this. The whole reason was to save us from our sins, from God's wrath, to show us love and compassion and teach us how to love. It's the whole reason that Jesus came to this earth and to leave us a great gift, the Holy Spirit. But we don't have time to put him in the center of our lives. This Christmas, it's my challenge to you guys. I know how busy it gets. You get so focused on shopping and, and, and business. Um, you get so focused on Santa and what the holiday is. You know, you get so focused on Christmas movies and cooking Christmas candy, all that kind of stuff. You get so focused on that. I get it. I do. I'm going to add this. Sometimes you get so focused even on your family. Now, your family's your number one ministry. I'll preach that all day long. But there's one thing more important, and that's your relationship with God. Yeah. He needs to be in the center, and I want you to notice something about this. You see where the family's at? Just outside the center. Just outside of that. Guys, I promise you, if you live your life that way, if, God, if Christ is in the center of your home and your family's that close, you're going to dominate as a Christian family. Amen?